This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Age of Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 170 of the Dark Windows podcast. Woo! My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. And I'm a cracking orange soda for the working man. And I'm going to take a sip of cappuccino. You fucking douche. Cappuccino. Loser. My once a week cappuccino. Once a well, once a week my dick. No, not once a week your dick. Yeah, okay. Once a week. Or so. I've been getting uh, hot chocolate on my way home from work lately. Oh you fucking vagina. Well dude, it's been fucking cold as balls on the mountain, so Where do you get the hot chocolate? I stopped at the Killington Market. Oh on the way home. I didn't know they had that. They have a hot chocolate machine. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's over by the coffee. Oh, I was also up there at fucking quarter after seven this morning, so. Little chili. Yeah, little chili all goddamn day, and then I came out and I had a fucking coat of snow across the windshield of my truck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it snowed, like, all, like, on and off all day. It wasn't, like, flakes. It was, like, them, like the little fucking, like, balls. Uh, uh. Yeah, like the frozen rain kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it. It was like nasty. Sleet, kind it, of. it was fucking nasty up there all day. Really? It never got above 40. Huh. It was super cold. I was down. Yeah, I didn't really. So cold that we had to pull drywall into the job site to cut it instead of cutting it in the truck. Oh, well. Because <laughs> yeah. the guy was, I was working with came back up at one point and he goes, fuck this, not cutting drywall outside. I'm like, okay. He's like, let's bring it in. You got it. And then I did. In the middle of pulling drywall in, I did this to myself on the inside of the truck door. Did you hurt the truck door? Uh, no, but I I hit the bolt so hard with my head. You gave the door a concussion. No, I felt it stick into my scalp. But you, so you hurt the door. No, I fucked my head up. First off, A, we know you hurt the door. Well, did you apologize to the door? I hurt my head, too. But did you apologize to the like, door? I had blood running down the side of my head from it, so. Ooh. Instantly nauseous. It was a hoot. I bet. Yeah. That, uh. It was a blast. Mm. Super excited. Oh, and they're rusty, so even Ooh. better. Fucking tetanus, here I come. Probably not, but. I got a pretty strong immune system for the most part. Uh-huh. I keep it on its toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I do. Same with my digestive system. Well, dude. I always fucking throw something in the mix weird and be like, oh, hey, maybe I'm going to have the shits tonight. Don't know. Won't know until I get there. 
Hard telling, not knowing. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Exactly. Maybe this will make me want to fucking die, or maybe I'll sleep, like, you know, completely fine. Who knows? Fuck it. So, this week, <laughs> now that we're going to get into this Great shit, transition. I know. Transition. What are you talking about? We didn't do that shit here. Um, Transitions are for the week. Yes. So, I had something planned that I was not going to have... I didn't end up having time to finish it, but... I did have another one kind of waiting in the wings that I kind of had to tweak some shit with. Because um, I'd originally mentioned that I we were going to do Freeway Rick Ross this week. Oh, you fucking changed their minds again. Well, changed my mind because I'm waiting on an email. So. Okay. With any luck, fingers crossed, we may be actually able to talk to him. Waiting to hear. So we're going to hold off on that one for now. Okay. So um, so instead, <laughs> oh boy, we got a doozy for you. Uh, we are going to talk about Gary Michael Hednick. Heidnick. Heidnick, I think is how we're going to pronounce it. Um, I don't know who the fuck the guy is. So well, I'll, I'll just say, sure. Well, we got a three-name title, so you know what that means. Not a good person. <laughs> Who generally has three names and you hear about them in the news? Football players. Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, people like that. Fucking murderers, serial killers, kind of piece of shit people in general. Listen, there's some football players too, okay? Well, that's because football players have stupid fucking names. But some of them have awesome names. DeBrickishaw is not a real name. DeBrickishaw Ferguson. First off, A, that is the most... No. That shit is totally made up. I don't give a shit. That fucking name is the... Like one of the best. Uh, what? Who's the other one there? Fucking uh, the law firm of? No, not even that. <laughs> Fucking uh, the dude's name is Haha. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clinton. Uh, was it? Cl- yeah, Clinton. Clinton Haha. I don't fucking know. It's Sh- not a real name. Well, Haha is is not. His, I don't think it's. His, I don't think this is real name. I think it's just a nickname. I don't know about that. Football players don't have real names is what we're getting at. <laughs> Speaking of football players, did you see that piece of shit that played for the uh, was it the Saints or the Raiders? The, the Raiders. Raiders. So yeah. Logs the third? Yeah. What a fucking turd. 150 miles an hour, legitimately, twice the, speed, uh, twice the legal limit on alcohol. Fucking killed a woman. And they're like, oh, I guess we got to release him. How about we fucking beat him to death? <laughs> he looked fucked up. Hits rear end somebody at 150 miles an hour and see how you look. <laughs> he could have looked a whole lot worse, dude, but because he was fucking drunk, is kind of like, you know, fucking ragdoll around he was in the doing vehicle. 150 before he hit. He was doing 152 miles an hour at impact. That's not what I saw. I saw before he. Oh, I'm sorry. It was within two seconds of hitting her. How fast can you slow down from there? So he probably hit her at, I don't know, 110. Well, it's still a significant difference. It's still a significant fucking impact. But still, yeah. It is. I don't disagree. But I'm saying Hmm. a significant amount of of deacceleration before impact. I mean, probably like if he had hit her at 150, I guarantee no matter what. 
intoxication level, he wouldn't have been dead. He should have been dead at 100 and whatever he hit her at. True. <laughs> true. You know? That is, that is, that is true. Yeah. And that motherfucker makes more money in a year than I'll ever see. And he killed a person. He ain't going to make that anymore. And he's probably not even going to go to jail. Uh, Fucking, th- or if he does, it'll be for like 180 days. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because they're not normal people. Well, football players are. No, they're not. Uh, How many times has Greg Hardy been... Uh, is it Greg Hardy? I don't know. Been in and out of the league and he almost killed his wife? Oh, and then after he got banned from the league permanently, he went and fought in the UFC. Athletes are not normal people. They get away with all kinds of shit. I don't know who you're talking about. He was a linebacker, uh, a defensive lineman for the Cowboys, I believe. Um, beat the shit out of his wife, like bro- uh, broke both of her eye sockets, her nose, her cheek. Uh, she was in the hospital for like four months. Then they kicked him out of the league. He was out for a couple years. Got back in, beat the shit out of another woman, got permanently banned, and then went started fighting in the UFC. Hmm. He had a couple of fights there. So they're not normal people. They get away with way too much shit. Hmm. We say mean shit on the internet, and we can go to jail for it. So they're not normal people. Anyway, neither is this fucking guy. Speaking of segues, suck it. That was a good one. (laughs) Uh, Could use work. So Gary Heidnick burst forth from his alcoholic mother's nethers November 22nd, 1943 in East Lake, Ohio. Now, when I say alcoholic, I mean that after her second son, Terry, was uh, was born, her husband, Michael, had seen enough and been through enough of her emotional and physical abuse that he filed for divorce. And before the paperwork was even cold, he was fucking gone. Like he left left the kids with her unfortunately even though he very easily could have proven you know hey she's fucking out of her mind she's unstable and she's not a good parent the boys don't need to be with her so when mother ellen remarried between her and her new husband they decided that they didn't want the kids either so they sent them back to live with michael um and his new wife Things didn't get much better for for little Gary there um, because he went from being neglected and almost completely forgotten about by his mother to being completely ignored by his stepmother and being severely beaten and bullied by his father for like any slight infraction. They did anything wrong and these kids got the shit kicked out of them. Um he, he did tell some stories later on in life about wetting the bed as a kid. And uh, not only would his dad beat the crap out of him, he would then hang the fucking stained bed sheets out of his window in the front of the house so that the entire neighborhood could see him. Shaming him. Yeah. Um, so the embarrassment really wasn't anything compared to the few times that Michael got a hold of him after he'd done this. And went, you know what? I don't think I'm going to hang the bed sheets out. I'm going to hang you out the window by your ankles. Just held him out the fucking window like Suge Knight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, not not a good dude. So these kids were kind of fucked from the get go. They don't they didn't have a good parent among the four of them that they had. So obviously things probably, you know, things weren't any better for him in school. Um, considering the neighborhood kids would pretty often see 
the you know the the pissy sheets flying outside the house like a flag and uh the humiliation yeah so he, he got picked on for that pretty badly <clears throat> and his dad's bullying didn't stop at home uh he often painted bullseyes on the ass of Gary's pants which would give the other kids at school a a pretty decent target so they this kid was fucked from the jump um does not excuse what he does in the future. Just to let you know. I understand, yes, he's going through a lot of shit right now. Doesn't excuse any of it. So he also picked up a pretty gnarly head injury when he was in school. Um, he was climbing a tree, and one of the branches that he was holding on to or had his foot on broke, and he fell and smacked his head. Uh, this left him with a, quote, misshapen head which earned him the nickname of football head because it was kind of like fucking squashed up towards the top and he had a weird shaped head. Yeah. So More he, conical. Well, not even conical. It looked like, like like if you let a little bit of air out of a football and like push the tip of it down, it was like, blah. so it's like wide and kind of flat on one side. Weird, weird, weird shaped fucking head. Um, so even with the brain damage from, this and all the beatings that he was catching at home, he still had an IQ that fluctuated between 130 and 148, depending on the sources. So he was still pretty smart. Yeah, he's genius level. Yeah. Didn't didn't have a good time in school, but he was still intelligent. You know. Well, I mean, just because you don't, you know, just because you're uh, bullied in school doesn't mean you're not still smart as hell. Oh, no, I'm not, even, I'm not even saying from the bully. I'm saying just from the potential of the head injury, having, you know, like, it could have done some, could have crossed some wires in there that, you know, caused some issues. Maybe, yeah. So when Gary was a kid, he had a couple of dreams. He wanted to become, A, incredibly wealthy, and B, wanted to be in the military. So from the people that I know that are in the military, those two things don't often go hand in hand. Like, they don't... <laughs> You know, you don't you don't make a lot of money in the military at a lower level. You don't make a lot of money until maybe you possibly get out and do something. Right. Now, like nowadays, it's, you know, you get out of the military and then you join, say, Blackwater or something like that. And or, those dudes make a pile of yeah. money. Or if you're a lifer, you get to get up to like a higher rank than they can. You know, once they retire, that pension kicks in and they've got they make some money that way. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but I mean, it's, it's it's good enough, right? And it's not like nowadays where you know you get a fucking eighty thousand dollars sign on bonus. Well, that's so. just a hey, come come do this, and you yeah. know, you automatically be this rank. And I got a feeling that that sign on bonus dropped a whole bunch now that we're not actively actively fighting wars, you know. <sighs> but we're gonna get sucked into another one, so who gives a shit? No big deal. Probably. So at the age of 14, he entered the Staunton Military uh, the Staunton Military Academy in Virginia, but two years later, he'd leave the school and return back to his father's place. Um, after trying school a couple more times, like regular high school, decided that it wasn't for him, and he dropped out at 18 and joined the Army. So as you can probably guess, he wasn't the most popular guy in basic. He did make a handful of friends, but not any real close friends or, you know, People that you're going to hang out with outside of work, basically. 
So after basic, he was shipped to San Antonio for his uh, his AIT, which is advanced individual training. I think I don't know if they would have called it that back then, back in the sixties. Know if they would have called did. it then. Okay, so he went to become a medical orderly. So now that he's in the army, one half of the dream is is completed. Now it's time for the second half. Now he has to make some money. So he started loan sharking for his fellow troops. Thinking, this is how I'm going to make some money. I'm going to offer people loans and be like, okay, well, I'm going to give you $100. But when you pay me back, you have to give me 150 Okay. Because you have that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta make, gotta make some money. And uh, A lot of people did it. Oh, dude, the mafia did it like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, I'm saying a lot of people in the military did it. Oh, yeah, they still do it probably. I'm sure. So in August of 1962, he was he was stationed at a field hospital in Western Germany, um, and while there, he went to a uh, to a superior in the hospital, complaining of nausea, dizziness, and blurred vision. Not feeling right. Something's not quite right. So he un- uh, he underwent a battery of testing, and they found a couple of causes. Um, he had a stomach flu, and he had a small, really no big deal, like just like a tiny, tiny case of schizoid personality disorder. So he was given an honorable discharge and shipped home. So he got kicked out on medical. So when he arrived back in the States, he enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania because while he was in the military, he took his... I don't know if it's technically the GED because I know the 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 army has their own version of it where you can get your high school diploma through the army but it's not your GED it's like their version of it I don't know what they called it but um so he enrolls at the University of Pennsylvania um he signed up he had a kind of a weird you know uh choice of things he signed up for chemistry history anthropology and biology so he's just kind of trying to figure out what he wants to do. Yep. So while he's in school, he's also working at he also worked at separate times at two different hospitals in Philly, uh, where he was generally kind of a shitty employee, and uh, he was fired from both of them. At that, you know, eventually. Uh. So now he's out of work. Uh, he's living off his army pension, which isn't good, and this is where his weirdness uh, his weirdness starts to shine through. He stopped showering. He bought a leather jacket that he wore no matter the weather or the social interaction. Like, the fucking jacket was on. Like, he could be going to a funeral and he's wearing his leather jacket. He <laughs> he could be going to a job interview. That fucking leather jacket's on and he stinks because he hasn't showered. So he's wearing a leather jacket, and he smells like dirty feet. Huh. Not fun. We know one of these people. Who? Lives here in town. Oh, Crazy Mike? Yes. Well, he got hit by a truck when he was a kid, so it's really not his fault. Yeah, it is. Because I guess he was crazier before that. But I mean, Yeah, but then you get hit by a truck, and it, like, yeah, fucks you up. Yeah, but then when you beat the shit out of your mother, no. There's no excuse for it. No, that's true. But he's he's also fucking crazy. I mean... Yeah. He lives in a shed. I've seen where he lives. It's a shack. I mean... It is. Yeah. I've been walked right past it. It's weird. Yeah. Like, if the guy had, like, four brain cells to rub together, he could almost be a serial killer, but I don't think he's that bright. 
pretty sure he's not. He's pretty stocky, though. He stinks. I don't know. I can't smell him. Oh, man. But when I mean oh, by stocky, I don't mean like, you know, big. I mean, I mean, you I'm mean talk- like he's a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stocky, stalker. Yeah. No, he, he yeah, he's. <sighs> but he again, he I don't. He's a private detective, too. Well, so does fucking what's his nuts up here. <laughs> That's true. Ranger Gordon. <laughs> this fucking fire tower and shit. Wow. Dude, I saw him the other day. He was out spying on the fucking road crew. Like, he was in the woods just, like, standing there with his coffee, like, watching them. And was like, this is fucking creepy. Really uncomfortable. But I'm going to go to work. Fuck it. Whatever. Listen, you know? Somebody's got to fucking report, you know. He's going to report all of his findings back to this is the same guy. Somebody. That, this is the same guy that had the FBI at his house because he wrote a bunch of. That was the Secret Service. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he wrote a bunch of filth letters to. Well, the, one of the president's wives, I believe. No, he wrote or somebody. I don't remember. No, he well, he wrote letters to the president, but then he also wrote letters to the Olsen twins. And the Olsen twins' father was gonna fucking kill him, and the Secret Service was like, "No, we'll handle it." What the fuck? They have anything to do with you know celebrity children? I have no idea, but whatever. well, because the president was involved, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll just handle this." Yeah. So, Secret Service handled it. They it probably was... should, they probably should have pepper sprayed that guy at some point. <laughs> at least that. Maybe it maybe a taser. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I mean. So, over the course of a few years, there were well over a dozen suicide attempts between Gary, his brother Terry, and their mother Ellen. So, in 1970, Ellen was successful after her fourth marriage fell apart due to her drinking. Um, Didn't leave a note or anything. All that they found when they got, when whoever discovered her body, when the coroners and all that, all they got there... All they found was a glass next to her that had mercury residue in it. So they don't know how much mercury this crazy bitch drank, but this crazy bitch drank enough mercury to kill herself with it. Mm. Fuck. Huh. Um, so after she died, Gary and his brother both attempted suicide separately on different occasions and both ended up spending some time in and out of a few mental institutions. So just to prove before we get to the trial <laughs> that we're going to have, he is not, cr- he's not, well. Don't you say he's not crazy because he's, he is fucking crazy. He's medically crazy, but he's not legally crazy. We'll get there. I'll explain as we go. I don't believe it. Um, if you, tr- if you fucking attempt to commit suicide, as many times as he did. That's medically crazy. That's a that's a mental health issue there. He's not legally crazy. Okay, that's part of it. But, and if you don't fucking shower, and you wear the same goddamn vest all the time. Medically crazy. No. Yes. That's clinically crazy. Clinically and medically crazy are the same thing. Legally crazy is its own thing. Yes, but once you are deemed medically crazy you are legally crazy no no yes no because legally crazy means that you can't be treated certain ways you can't be prosecuted right so he's not legally crazy But you have to be found medically crazy to be legally crazy but you also have to be found legally crazy to be punished as legally crazy 
but if or not punished is But if you're crazy. medically crazy, that means you cannot be punished under the law. Right. So well, what's the difference? We'll see. We'll get to that. I so promise. Technically, he cannot be tried. Oh, he sure can. Um, well, he can be tried, but it's just you're going to go to the fucking the nut house. You're never going to go to actual prison prison. We'll see. So he was also, again, like we said, pretty fucking smart. So during his time in and out of these mental institutions, he starts to amass some money. And here we go with... Ah, this isn't even medically crazy. This is just straight up fucking crazy. In 1971, he founded the United Church of the Ministries of God. Ministers of God, I'm sorry. Of which, of course... Okay. You're founding a, a, a cult, okay? Based on the Christian faith. You're the founder, okay? And he only gave himself the rank fucking bishop. <laughs> Well, he could have been a cardinal. He could have been the fucking pope. I'm a bishop. Listen, low level guy. Yeah. Hey, flying under the radar. Exactly. I'm the fucking capo of the Christian faith. You just, you know. <laughs> listen, you, you know you can't you you can't you know aim too high in certain situations. But it's your own fucking cult. Listen. But this still, that doesn't that, make that'd difference. be like if you started a cult and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to call myself like the supreme leader or the president of it. I'm no. I'm the secretary treasurer of the of the cult. But yes. everybody answers to me. Yes. Like I'm not even the CEO, like the CFO. I'm just like the treasurer. That is the called... answer to me. There's a, there's a thing for that. It's called fucking crazy. No, it's called. I'm thinking of it. Crazy does come to mind, but no, it's called fuck. I can't think of the goddamn. I'm sure, it's not just fucking crazy. No, no, no. Uh, um, fuck. I can't think of the goddamn term for it. Son of a bitch. It's like uh, misdirection. I can't think of this like actual term. It's like misdirection. It's like, it's like subterfuge. Yeah. It was, well, it's like a you know, like a like sleight of hand type of thing. You're like, hey, you know. Well, when, when we start getting into numbers, no, 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 no. I'm just the secretary, right? When we start getting into the numbers of this cult. These fucking people have met because his followers numbered in the fours. Like Whoa. there was four of them. There was him, his brother Terry. Terry's girlfriend and Gary's. I am really, really sorry that I have to say this, but every source that I found had it worded this way quote, mentally retarded girlfriend. So, as the leader of this little upstart church, he's taking all the money that he's getting from his followers <laughs> and he starts investing like crazy. Uh huh. He's, I shit you not, he's buying rental properties, he's playing around in the stock market. Um, he actually made a small fortune when Playboy stocks went uh, public in 1971. Like he made in the neighborhood of seven hundred thousand dollars wow. in the stock market there. So he made a he made some pretty decent money off of nudie mags. Wow, well, you know whatever he he made money off the articles, whatever. <laughs> Everybody makes money off the articles. Yeah, because the articles it's funny to say like this. going to Hooters and making money off the fucking the wings. It's it's definitely the wings. Oh, their food's not that great. No, I no. didn't think so. 
I did feel bad for the waitress, though. She was really friendly in that one table, just being super shitty to her. Yeah. Yeah, she was nice. I left her a $20 tip. Uh, You're just a nice guy. I am a nice guy. Yeah. So the entire time he's doing all of this, behind the scenes, he is slowly starting to crumble and fall apart. Uh-huh. So in 1976, he has a disagreement with one of the tenants of his of one of his rental properties. Don't know what the argument was about. Um, they're like shouting, yelling, screaming back and forth at each other. And then he leaves very calmly. He's like, OK, OK, leaves and then returns about 30 minutes later with an unregistered handgun, knocks on the door and shoots the tenant in the face. One way to solve the problem. Right. You're not getting rent, though. In 1978, he would do his first stint in prison, and no, not for fucking shooting a person. It's worse than that. Okay. Gary signed his girlfriend's sister out of a mental institution and took her back to his home. He then locked her in the basement and would rape her repeatedly over the course of a few weeks, which would result in him giving her chlamydia. I'm sorry, not chlamydia, gonorrhea. Same fucking difference. Green shit's coming out of somewhere where green shit's not supposed to. He would, of course, be found guilty of everything he was charged with, including kidnapping, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, rape, which seems like it should be higher up the list than that, but whatever. Um, Involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. Isn't that just rape? I, I don't know. But also, involuntary means that that's something that Happened to her because she didn't volunteer for it? Is that called... It's just rape. Yeah, so why is he being charged with an involuntary crime when he committed it? Anyway. It's called rape. Yeah, and anybody out there smarter than us, explain to me how that works. Um, And interference with the custody of a committed person. Because he was not a legal guardian that could have actually checked this this woman out of her hospital. First off, A, let's, let's, let's reverse back a little bit. How does the guy not get how okay? How does he get in trouble for this when it's the mental institution that said, Hey, go right ahead? You know, have fun. You can lie to people and go, Oh, I'm a brother. This was the fucking 60s, like the late 60s, early 70s. They these guys were smoking cigarettes at their fucking desk, they didn't give a fuck. Get her out of here, she's costing us money. Yeah, but still, how does he get in trouble? This is the, that's the only one part. Well, of the I mean, because he kidnapped thing. and raped a woman. Okay, yes, so. <laughs> but that's I, I I I totally agree. But I'm just saying, with that last part, how is he the fault of that? When oh, I mean, yeah, he just signed her out. They didn't have to let her go. Well, the the, the mental institution should take a be be put on you know trial a little bit for well, it here, here's the thing is is back then when they didn't keep the best of records that you could walk in and go hey i'm here for so-and-so i'm her brother i'm here to sign her out okay cool they don't fucking know let's see some id yeah we have different you know our last names are different because we have a you know my my father's a different guy she's my half-sister here okay but still how is that you know i don't anyway. know that's that's just, uh, that's just you know, being nitpicky. Yeah. So, so he's an asshole. He, he oh he's yeah. a total asshole. He deserved to go to fucking jail for a while. How long do you think he went to jail for? I'm gonna say, he doesn't do a nickel. 
He was given a term of three to seven years, depending on behavior. So, and he, that, so the nickel he does not do. I guarantee the total time served. Ooh, I'm gonna be good. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be fair on this one. I'm gonna say a year and a half. Well, it was at least it was at least two and a half years, because while he was in there. Gary waves over a guard to his cell and hands him a note. A little scrap of paper. Uh-huh. And on that note, it says, quote, Satan has shoved a cookie down my throat. I cannot speak. And he was silent for 27 months. Didn't say a fucking word for 27 months in prison. <laughs> Figure that out. That's in, that is... Dedication. Yeah. To your own crazy bullshit. Yes. So April of 1983, he's released and returns to Philadelphia and retook the reins of his happy little cult. Philadelphia <laughs> Which is proof that Philadelphia is the worst city on the East Coast. Mm-mm. Pretty close. Mm-mm. The people that live there suck. There's worse. Like what? Trenton, New Jersey. Like, L- Listen, that's New Jersey. It's its own entity. That entire thing is garbage. Okay, so see. <laughs> for, well, there's parts of New Jersey that are fine. But like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, dude. When, when, when you're, you know, when you have a, a player on one of your teams that gets traded to a different team, then when he comes back... You fucking huck batteries and shit at him from the stands. You guys are fucking garbage. Get out of here. Go fuck yourselves. The Eagles are terrible. The Phillies aren't great. Eh, whatever. The Flyers can eat a thousand dicks. So, <laughs> um, so the numbers hadn't hadn't you know risen much over the time that he was at, you know away. I mean, I mean, four is four. You uh, know, it went down to three when he went away. And all of the new women were well. No, the new members were women that had been recruited by his brother and his girlfriend at the time, and they were all mentally handicapped women. So, taking advantage of a group of people that... Uh-huh. It's really fucking gross, you know? Yeah. So, being the special kind of monster that Gary Heidnick was, he would take advantage of all of these women and impregnate them. So, somewhere out there, there is a bunch of half-crazy people running around because of this fucking guy. So I want to take a quick break here and then we'll come back. And this is like, we walk to the edge of the cliff. Okay. And we're kind of like, Oh, Hey, that's a long way down. And all of a sudden your fucking feet go out from underneath you and you're just, just rocketing down the side of this fucking mountain. Uh That's how bad this shit gets. Okay. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so we are back. We're back. Uh, 
Gary would actually end up getting married in 1985. Um, he was hearing some wedding bells. They were mail that's order not, wedding bells. That's not the only thing he was hearing. Oh no, he was hearing some other shit. But, but the uh, you know the the mail order wedding bells were were strong. Oh, <laughs> so he'd been writing back and forth with hello comrade. Oh no, not even hello comrade. Um, so he had been writing back and forth w- with a woman by the name of Betty Disto, um, for about three years. So he was writing to her while he was in prison. Um, well, I mean, what, it's what better to do when you can't speak because, you know, a devil shoved a fucking okay, listen, cracker listen. up your ass or something like that. I don't know. I'm Wh- not, <laughs> I'm not one to condone suicide, but instead of writing to this woman, he should have figured out how to tie a knot in his bed sheets and jump off the top bunk. You can't do that when the devil's shoved a cracker up your, you know, or down your skullet or whatever. I don't care. This guy should have found a way. Well, he just couldn't do it. He he really should have. He would have done everybody a favor if he had found a way. Listen. If he had, I don't know, swallowed a handful of razor blades or where, something. Where would his followers be if he committed suicide? Um, They need his... Not being sexually assaulted. <laughs> that okay i agree (laughs) so eventually after writing back and forth she flew from the philippines to philadelphia Uh after they got engaged over the phone okay so after he got out of prison the cookie digested and he could speak oh because you couldn't text back then because it's 1985 i mean it takes i guarantee you they got engaged over a fucking payphone you know what I'm going to say payphone to payphone, like calling cards. You have two minutes remaining on yeah. your time. <laughs> Fuck! Hey, my God. I mean, give me a fucking dime! You can't talk. Boop. You can't talk. So Just he's like, hand he's going, signing at him. <laughs> he's, you know, asking for like 25 cents. Motherfucker! God, it would be great if somebody just came in and fucking shivved him while he was on the phone. Um... <laughs> So she arrived in September. Shit goes quick. She arrives in September. They get married in October. Super happy. And they get divorced in January. <laughs> wow. So she filed for divorce because she got tired of seeing Gary in bed with other women. This wasn't her catching him cheating on her. He made her watch while he's plowing at whomever he's in the sack with. Listen. He knew this. Like, I mean, sit down and watch this, because if you don't, I'm going to beat you again. She knew what she was getting into. I don't think she did. I really don't think she did. All right. Fine. Until she got there and she's like, oh, no, this is bad. I thought he was just making this all up. No, he's such a nice guy. He is so great. Uh, so I love him still. Yeah, so he beat the living shit out of her on a regular basis. Um, and she took off at the beginning of January, 1986, where with the help of the, I didn't realize there was a, there's like a sizable Filipino community in Philadelphia, but there is. So she had made some connections through, well, um, probably half of them are fucking relatives. Well, I don't know, but she'd made connections with them through like the markets and shit like that, that she'd go to, to get the food that she wanted to eat because it's what she was used to. Yep. And after all of this stuff started happening, they helped her get away from him. But it was too late because she was already pregnant. 
So she's got a fucking football head baby that she has to deal with. So remember he said we were just going to like fall off the cliff here? Yeah. So Gary's not feeling so good about himself. You know, his wife just left him because he beat the shit out of her and fucked a bunch of other women in front of her. I you know, mean, so clearly this is not his fault. It's not his no. fault. Fucking bitch. She's ruining his life. You know, obviously, yeah. Gary, what a piece of shit. You know, I, I feel for this guy. I mean, I do, yeah. too. Fucking dickhead. I mean, come on. I mean, your wife, <sighs> he's just being thrown a big curveball here. Yeah. So he, he had to. He went through a lot between January and November 26th of 1986. And this date is specific because this is when he would meet Josefina Rivera, who's a local prostitute. Aha. The other love of his life. It was raining outside. Oh, a magical night. He he opened from his from the driver's side of his Cadillac Coupe de Ville. He reached over like a fucking gentleman. Oh. And he opened the passenger side door for her, said, hey, get in out of the rain. It's fine. No, he more likely no. said, hey, bitch, get in here. No, he's like, hey, hop in. We'll get, <laughs> it. get out of the rain. We'll go to McDonald's. We'll get a coffee. Then <laughs> it was, hey, you want to suck my dick? Well, it was after the coffee. <laughs> but before. Because he didn't know she was a prostitute. Oh, fuck. Until uh, after they had coffee. Of course. Clearly. Yeah. You know. I mean, she never said, you know, $25. It was 20 but whatever. We'll get there. <laughs> so they, they go to McDonald's. They have coffee. You know, they talk. Well, get to know each other. Yeah. Spark up a romance. Oh, I mean, that's it's, it's instant love, right? Marriage? Yeah. And they go back to his place at 3520 North Marshall Street in Philadelphia. Oh. When the door opened, she noticed some really strange shit going on in his house. Um. The back wall of the kitchen that you could see as soon as you walked in, there was thousands of pennies glued to the back wall. Okay. Shinies. Yes. As they're walking up to the bedroom, the hallway leading to it is completely wallpapered, both walls and the ceiling with $5 bills. Okay. Okay. When they came through the garage on the way in, she was completely like flabbergasted at the fact that there is a fucking Rolls Royce sitting in his dry, in his garage. And this was not like the kind of neighborhood where you just own a fucking Rolls Royce because on the way to his house, they had at least four people stop the vehicle at red lights, trying to sell them crack. Not a great neighborhood, whatever. <laughs> not like, Hey, I own a fucking Rolls Royce crackheads. You want to check it out? No, because they will steal the shit out of everything in there. They'll leave that fucking thing on blocks. They don't give a fuck. Damn right. So, oh, in the night, most 1980s thing of all time, they entered the bedroom that had nothing but a waterbed, a dresser, and two chairs. You guys remember waterbeds? I had a waterbed when I was a kid. I fucking hate waterbeds. Oh, man. They are awful. I hate them. Awful. Because the some, one I, some loved them. So the one I had, it was like a queen size, right? But if you rolled all the way to one side, you could like put shit underneath the little armrest thing. So when I was a kid, I would hide fucking matchbox cars under there because you could kind of like roll it back up over and you'd have like half the bed you could run cars on. So, yeah, that was great. And then when you fall asleep and you roll and then you roll back and you get your arm caught under the fucking 
armrest, and the water pushes it back up, and you can't move. It scares the shit out of you. <laughs> Fucking hated it. Um, so Gary placed the agreed upon twenty dollars on the dresser and got naked. Like, didn't say a word, just fucking $20 on the table and dropped his pants. So they did the deed. Uh, Josephina starts feeling a little uncomfortable. Clearly, you're in a fucking crazy person's house. She gets up and starts trying to leave. And before she got to the $20 bill, Gary sprang out of bed completely naked and choked her out. Unconscious. Bam. So she wasn't out all that long. He just kind of got her until she, you know, shit went fuzzy and she blacked out a little bit and handcuffed her. So he then drags her into the basement, throws her on a disgusting fucking mattress, like covered in stains, like springs and shit sticking out of it. Awful mattress. That's where he keeps all his best women. Oh, oh dude, there's going to be more than one woman, too. Um, that's, that's the love den. So he threw her on the mattress Socked her in the face and then shackled her to the floor by her ankles. Take that, bitch. Oh, dude, he fucking just. <laughs> this is for leaving. This is for leaving or trying to leave. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. I, have you read this story at all? Because, okay. So as she's laying there somewhat concussed and still trying to get her shit together from being choked out. She notices there's a big square section of the concrete floor missing. So she's not real sure what the fuck's going on here. And she's sitting there on the mattress watching as Gary is digging and digging this pit further and further. Um, he starts talking to her. He's like, hey, you know, so I'm Gary. Um, I have four kids with four different women and I have zero contact with any of them because I'm an upstanding fucking pillar of society i am yeah he told her quote society owes me a wife and a big family i want to get 10 women and keep them all uh keep them here and get them all pregnant then when they have babies i want to raise those children here too we'll be one big happy family yeah anybody else get the fucking willies right there because uh yeah so after all of that, he decided now would be the best time to take a quick break from digging and to rape this woman again. Well, I mean, you know, again, you pillar mean, of society. You got, you got to, you know, take a break once in a while and do, you know. Yeah, you can't dig a hole all day. Every once in a while, you have to force yourself upon a woman without uh, her consent. Of course. You know, because that's what normal people do. Yeah, exactly. And you Wait till you see a picture of this guy. He is visually crazy. Uh-huh. Like, you can see. The crazy? The, the fucking elevator. Does, like Does not like, reach the top floor. The eyes are there. There's just, like, there's no soul behind him. They're just fucking dead. Just, oh. Yeah. So, Gary finished up. He'd had enough. Went back upstairs. Uh, didn't go back down for at least a day or two. And the only reason he went back down so quickly is because she tried to escape. Uh-huh. She realized that her chain to the floor was long enough that she could she could get over to one of the, the basement windows, like the high up windows. Yep. Um she pried it open, crawled out as far as she could, as far as the chain would allow her. So she got like her shoulder head, shoulders, and like part of her arms out of the thing, from what she said, and starts screaming for help. Unfortunately, 
people screaming for help in this neighborhood was pretty common. Uh, even more unfortunately, Gary heard her screaming. So he goes slamming back down into the basement, grabs the chain, not her, grabs the chain and yanks her back in. <laughs> you know what she, he does? He, he, he does a, a scorpion. Get over here! Well, yeah, except when, when she landed, she landed flat on her chest on the concrete floor. So he just, and bam. So she bounced her face and her chest off the floor. He just lost baby number five. <sighs> Sorry, bud. So now that she has attempted an escape, she has lost her mattress privilege. Shit's been revoked. You get to sleep on the floor now. How dare you, woman? Actually, I'll do you one better. You don't get to sleep on the floor. You get to sleep under the floor. Ooh. So Gary drags her over and throws her into this pit. Covers it with a sheet of plywood and then puts a whole bunch of like loose weights on it so that she can't push it up and get out. Three days after she was kidnapped, Gary snatches another girl. Okay. Uh, this time, another mentally handicapped girl by the name of Sandra Lindsay. Uh, he drags her into the basement. From what Josephina said, this girl seemed like she had absolutely no idea what was going on. Um, Gary forced her to write a letter to her mother. Um, says, quote, dear mom, don't worry, I will call. That's fucking sad because that is the last time this woman heard from her daughter ever. Um, Josephina and Sandra spent a week and a half to two weeks together uh, in the basement, sometimes in the pit, sometimes chained to pipes at separate ends of the basement. Um, the only real con you know, constants in their entire situation are the cold of being in the basement, the beatings, and the never-ending rapes. December 22nd, they were joined by 19-year-old Lisa Thomas, who he referred to as wife number three. He lured her to the house with promises of food, clothing, and a trip to Atlantic City. Ye fucking high, Atlantic City? Woohoo! I'm going to go ride the Ferris wheel and hope I don't get crabs. Hey, Atlantic City at one time was a fucking hopping place. Yeah, when the mafia ran it. And now it's dog shit. Which, what's that mean? Have you been to Atlantic City? No, but I've seen pictures. Well, and that's as close as I ever want to get. So you go to Atlantic City. Then what was the last know. time you were in Atlantic City? I have not been. But exactly. My, actually, my parents have been in Atlantic uh, City, and they actually liked it. He brought her food and a glass of wine, and when she woke up from her glass that's of wine, romance. Yeah, when she woke up from her glass of wine, she was in the basement, super ah, sore. Rohypnol. Like, recently had been raped, sore. Fun. What a guy. Uh, New Year's Day. 1987, he grabs up 23-year-old Deborah Dudley. This girl was a fucking champ. Um, the problem was that he took, for all of her shit, he took it out on all the rest of them. Um, every chance she got, like, whenever he got near her, she'd spit in his face, she'd swear at him, she'd cuss at him, she'd hit him. Like, she was a fucking trooper. But because of that... The rest of these girls got the shit beaten out of them. And this is when he kind of pulls them all individually aside, except for her, obviously, because he doesn't want to be alone with her because she'll fuck him up and starts telling him, 
anytime somebody else acts up, let me know. I'll take care of that. So he's getting these women to, he's trying to get them to turn on each other. Uh-huh. And Josephina saw an opportunity to gain Gary's trust. She started to fake some like kind of Stockholm syndrome kind of shit, like pretending like she was starting to get into what she, you know the circumstances. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. like, oh no, it's it's just fine. I don't mind this so much. It's not bad. January eighteenth, eighteen-year-old Jacqueline Askins joins the ranks. Um, Gary raped her and then shackled her to something in the basement and went back upstairs. Um, this time this was weird cause he came back with three bags of Chinese food and a bottle of champagne. Well, he's having a special night. Well, it was, it was Josephina's birthday. Oh. So, I mean, Hey, have some Chinese food and champagne. That's a great combination. And then we're going to, oh. then we're going to fuck. Not only are you going to be hungry in 20 minutes, you're going to wake up with a terrible headache. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have raped you. No, listen, so it's not we're going to fuck. It's I'm going to fuck. Well, yeah. So. I mean, technically, that's what it basically is. It's, it's yeah. not more, you know, it's never we're going to fuck. It's always I'm going to fuck. Yeah. So this is a one-time thing. This shit happened once. And from here, shit gets way worse for these girls. Um, Sandra got caught trying to remove the plywood cover from the pit. Um. So Gary strung her up to a ceiling beam by one wrist. She's not tall enough to touch the floor. So she is hanging from a ceiling beam by one wrist in handcuffs, like metal police issue handcuffs. Um, well, she's up there. She decides, fuck this. I'm not eating anymore. I'm going to, you know, either I will die or he'll let me go or bring me to the hospital if I get sick enough. Uh, so after a few days, she got to the point where even if she wanted to, she couldn't eat. Gary starts forcing food down her throat and she would just vomit it back up. Her body was rejecting anything that was trying to go into it. Uh, February 17th, Sandra loses consciousness. Uh, Gary uncuffs her. And of course, being a piece of shit, instead of like, you know, picking her up and uncuffing her. No, he just reaches up and undoes the fucking handcuffs and plop on the cement. Um he rolled her into the pit and was like, ah, she's faking it. And about five minutes later, he checked on her and she was dead. So that's number one. Carried her upstairs. A few minutes later, the sound of a power saw rings out throughout the house. Josephina would say later on that day that uh, one of Gary's dogs came into the basement because the dogs just kind of fucking roamed wherever they had access to, the yeah, entire yeah. house. Um, so one of the dogs came into the basement with a large bone covered in what looked like fresh meat and proceeded to sit there and eat all the meat off of it in front of her and fall asleep on the floor. The house starts to get a little bit of a stink to it because Gary is not so good at disposing of bodies. Uh, he ran as much of her as he could through a food processor to feed to the dogs and the women in the basement. <sighs> Hooray. Remember Sandra? She doesn't taste very good. Um, Sandra's severed head sat in a pot of boiling water, like actively boiling water for days. <clears throat> he also broiled her rib cage in the oven. The smell got so bad that nearby homeowners called the cops. And this is a neighborhood where you don't call the fucking cops because everybody is selling crack. Yeah. 
So for a smell to be bad enough that you call the cops, that's some shit. Uh, so they showed up at his house and he answers the door and they're like, hey, so we've been getting some complaints. Your house fucking smells. He's like, uh, yeah, I was cleaning up my freezer and I, I cooked a couple of steaks that I didn't realize were spoiled. Ah, that's all right. You have a great day. And they fucking left. They fucking left, Kevin. They left. They left. He's boiling a fucking skull in his kitchen and they left. Well, it was probably still boiling while they were standing at the fucking door. Didn't that happen? The same thing happened with uh, Dahmer. Well, no, because what happened with Dahmer was one of the kid, the kid that he kidnapped fucking got loose and the cops were like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, ah, oh, no, this is my boyfriend. And they're like, Oh, we ain't going to touch any of that gay shit. You take that kid and get the fuck out of here. Gave him back to him. Yeah. 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 Because gays are way scarier than serial killers in the early nineties. Well, <laughs> in Milwaukee, <laughs> I don't care if he's killing anybody. I ain't going to touch no fag. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now the torture hits a new level. Uh, it seems like he took almost being caught personally, and he took it out on all of them. Wow. Um, and this is one that I don't understand how they worded it, because I read it in multiple sources. At one point, he, quote, poked their ears with a screwdriver. You don't poke somebody's ears with a screwdriver. You jam a fucking screwdriver into somebody's ears because what he's doing is he's trying to rupture their ear, their eardrums to make them deaf because quote, a deaf wife is easier to control according to him. So he, it's not like he's like, he <laughs> poking somebody with a screwdriver. He's jamming a fucking screwdriver into the side of somebody's head repeatedly. I, I, you know, and I mean, I don't know if anybody out there is familiar with screwdrivers. I think, honestly, if you're going to try to rupture an eardrum with one, you have to go with a Phillips head because it's, you know, smaller diameter and get in there. True. But you, you got to go with a Phillips head. But yeah, he's he's fucking jabbing screwdrivers into these poor women's ears. Jesus Christ. Um, he also cut down a wire that was running through the basement and stripped the rubber insulation off of it and started using it to shock them because fucking, yeah, that's super cool. Josephina, at this point... Uh, you dumb fucker. Yeah. Well, at this point, Josephina starts to become more of an accomplice than a victim. On March 18th, he pulled her aside and explained to her that he had a plan and he needed her help. Because he trusted her. Not a good idea. <laughs> if you're going to kidnap a bunch of people, you got to like maybe not treat them like people. You know? Because if you do that, that's how shit like this happens. Um, so he runs the, the garden hose from outside down through one of the basement windows and fills the pit with water. They didn't really say how deep this pit was, but you have to think it's deep enough that a grown woman can stand on it and try to push up on plywood and not get out of it. So you're probably looking, I don't know, maybe six feet. Six feet deep somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. I'll say about that. You know. Um, so they flood the pit. And they push all the other girls into it. Except for Josephina. Um, and uh, 
De- uh, the Sandra, because she's dead, like Whoa. being digested currently. Um, so he covers the pit with a sheet uh, with the, the sheet of plywood, puts his weights back on there, grabs a power drill, drills a big hole in the middle of it, and had Josephina push the exposed wire down into the water. These women are all still chained to the floor, and they're in water. With exposed wire with electricity running through it being put into the water. Those three things are not good together. No. No. Um, so she held it in there for a few seconds. And then he said, pull it back out. And she did. And he made her put it back in and she held it there. Uh, the second round of shocks killed uh, Deborah Dudley. So now Gary has something over Josephina's head. Like... You're responsible for a death. So even if you get loose and you come back to me, I can just tell the cops that you killed her. So he's pretty fucking smart, right? So for the first time in four months, Josephina was removed from the basement. Uh, She ended up spending the night with Gary in his bed. How romantic. Um, He would actually take her out to dinner at a couple of different restaurants throughout the week. Um, and even took her with him when he drove to dispose of Deborah's body on March 23rd. The next day, so March 24th, she helps Gary abduct another woman uh, by the name of Agnes Adams. She said, basically, if I help you kidnap somebody, can I go see my kids? I haven't seen my kids in four months. He's like, yeah, that's fine. So he goes, okay, where are your kids? So she gives him the address, pulls up outside of this big apartment complex and says, okay, I'm going to wait here. When you're done, come back down. We got some shit to do. So what Gary didn't know is that Josephina didn't have any kids. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. And the apartment complex that he had brought her to is the apartment that her boyfriend lives in. Oh. Yeah. So she said she was really calm. She just stayed normal, walked in through the door and the stairs were off onto one side. She's like, as soon as I was out of sight, she fucking bolted up the stairs to the apartment. Starts beating on the door and boyfriend opens it like, what the fuck are you doing here? Kind of like you haven't seen this person in almost five months. You figure she probably just fucking took off like it's over, you know? So. She like bursts into tears. She's sitting on this guy's couch explaining to him everything that she's been through for the last four and a half months. That's a quarter of a fucking year. Like that's, (laughs) it's a long fucking time. Um, so obviously they call the police and give a description of Gary, his car. So he's sitting in his car, just, you know, I'm assuming just fucking sitting there. It's 1986, so he's not playing with his fucking phone. No. He's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, there's cops everywhere. They pull this piece of shit out of his car, handcuff him, throw him in a fucking squad car. Um, They go up to check on her, and they found scars on her ankles and wrists from where the handcuffs had cut into her skin and then rehealed and then cut in again and then rehealed. Um. And she, so she told him like, I've been handcuffed 
consistently for at least four months. I haven't been allowed to bathe. I, it's fucking gross. And she's like got sores and shit all over from the handcuffs. So they ask her like, Hey, where, where have you, where was he, where was he holding you? And she gave him the address because she had come and gone from the house a couple of times fully conscious. So she remembered the address and she remembered where it was. So they, they go there and they get all the remaining women out of the basement. Um, so during questioning about everything, Gary never once mentioned any other women in his house. So they had no fucking clue that these other women were here until they talked to Josephina. He would have just left them there to fucking starve or whatever. Yeah. So because of her, these other women got saved. So his trial starts June 20th of 1988. And from the get go, his lawyers are trying to prove that he's completely insane. So they called up to a psychiatrist and a psychologist that had both had chances to sit down and talk to him. And when they testified, this completely blew up in his lawyer's face because they're like, yeah, we did all kinds of testing and questioning and he's sane. He's a fucking piece of shit, but he's sane. So he's not legally crazy. Okay. So 10 days later, he's found guilty of two counts of murder, five counts of rape, which let's be real. It was way fucking more than that. Six counts of kidnapping, one count of, again, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. No idea. Whatever. So the judge just throws a shitload of books at him, drops the fucking hammer on him after that. And he's basically like, hey, Gary, you're going to fucking die because you deserve to die because you're a piece of shit. So his execution is carried out July 6th of 1999. He had no final words before his execution. Well, his, he had a cracker in his throat. Well, no, his final meal is the most boring shit I have ever read about. For someone who's about to be executed. He had two slices of plain cheese pizza and a half a pot of black coffee. That's how I know this guy's fucking crazy. You could have got toppings on your pizza. No, no, just cheese. Fuck is wrong with you. Piece of shit. That's how I know. Exactly. That's how you know he's crazy. Just Mm. cheese. That's fine. Pepperoni? Nah. Well, pepperoni's going to give me the shits. I'll pass. Well, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Karari and all the other shit that we're about to pump into you, that's going to give you the shits, too. Sorry. You know. Too bad. So sad. So after the lethal injection was carried out, he was buried on prison grounds because no one in his family wanted to claim his body. Weird, right? Um, so the media hunted down his father, Michael, who hadn't seen him since like 1968. And, uh, you know, they explained to him what had happened. And he's like, "Uh, I can read. I've seen what's going on. And uh, asked him, well, how do you feel about this? And he says, quote, I'm not interested. I don't care. It didn't bother me a bit. Wow. That's not just the fact that they just like the government just killed his son. That was regarding the entire thing. Fuck it. Don't care. Whatever. What an asshole. So one final little fun fact here for you. He was in prison in 1991. Obviously Uh there's a movie that was released that year that 
a villain in it is partially based off of him. Well, him and Ed Gein, because he combined the two to get the same, get the character. Okay. So you've got the pit in the basement, kidnapping, and then somebody trying to make a lady suit. Uh-huh. Silence of the Lambs, huh? Yeah, he is He is one of the main inspirations for Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. And you can prove that because the book was published in 1988, which is the year after his trial ended. So, yeah. But he was on death row until 99. Yeah, that's how that works. You sit there for fucking ever, costing taxpayers money, when they could just, you know, implement the... The old Soviet technique of, uh, okay, well, you're going to sit here for four days. Then we're going to take you out back. Um, we got a hole already dug. We're just going to shoot you like a fucking dog and dump you there. Or they Fuck could it. just implement what they used to do back in the 1800s was, you're found guilty. You're going to fucking hang till you're dead. Drop, long drop, sudden stop. Fucking bring him out to the fucking thing. Boom. Done. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, lethal injection is one of the least effective ways to kill somebody. It's expensive. It doesn't always work the right way. A 22 behind the ear does the fucking trick every single time. There is no like, well, it didn't work quite right. No, because it's fucking bouncing around in there and just turning all kinds of shit off as it's going, you know, because there was a there was a dude recently within the last five or six years or so. That was executed by lethal injection. It took him 48 minutes to die because the shit was not working the right way. And he was like in pain and struggling and hallucinating the entire time because for him, I, it's supposed to be humane and quick. I don't care. Again, 22. That's fuck hum- it. That's humane and quick. And this human humane and quick. That's just, that's just not right. I, I, you know, you know? You people fucking, you made people suffer. See, the, to me, like, I don't necessarily always agree with the death penalty because there's some people that should be forced to live forever True. to deal with what they've done. True. Like the, the asshole that fucking drowned four of her five kids in a car. That woman should live forever in a cell surrounded by pictures of her kids going crazy and being sad and hating herself. She deserves that. Yeah. This guy, you could have taken him out behind a dumpster and beaten him to death with a fucking bat and left him there and I'd have been fine with it. You could have done it behind the fucking courthouse. The judge could have helped. I'd have been like, ah, all right, cool. True. You know, but there's some people that don't deserve the death penalty. This guy was one of them that is yeah. like, nah, fuck him. Let him die. Yeah. You know. Some do, some don't. Yeah. And depending he- on the crime. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's true. How heinous! Yeah, like like this guy. Yeah, fucking slam his head in a car door until he stops breathing. Fine, good. Fuck it, set him on fire afterwards. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I mean, you hurt a kid. Oh, bitch, you're gonna live forever, uh, and we're gonna stick you in a room just full of angry fucking dogs and just let them chew on you for a little bit at a time. Then we'll pull them off, stitch you back up, let you get almost fully healed. And then we're going to add three more dogs the next time we send them in. Yeah, see, I have, I have a little more. You know. Yeah, I, I'm, oh, just I, I'm drag just gonna... it out. Just make them fucking miserable. No, I just figure you hurt kids. You just fucking, 
you definitely going to get the fucking bullet back of the head. Nah, nah that's too, that's too first, good. Too well, easy. First, I'm going to fucking kneecap your ass. Then I'm going to fucking put one in the back of your head. It's too easy. I don't care. Nah. It's too good for him. Make, make him fucking suffer. All right. Yeah. All right. So once they put them in a porta potty full of bees. Once I feel they've had enough suffering, or enough enough torture, well, I don't know if that's gonna ever be enough. There is enough, but when I if I feel that way, then that's when we take them out. There, there's some crimes that we should just like medieval torture methods back on. You know, you fuck with kids like we're gonna draw and quarter you. But we're going to make it slow, like really, really slow, oh, yeah. really, really painful, you know? Yeah. I get a whole book. Like, I could just send that. Like, listen, guys, I know it's not my job to decide how these pieces of shit get punished, but I got a book I'll send you. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like. Yeah. You ever wanted to lock somebody in a box full of honey and make fucking bugs eat them from the inside out? I know a guy that can show you how to do that. We're going to lock him in a glass box with a couple of badgers, but we're going to blow cocaine in their faces first. It's going to be fucking sweet. That's animal abuse, though. What if the badgers are also criminals? True. But, like, they would have had to, like, rob a bank or something. They could have. I don't know if badgers are violent offenders or not. I know raccoons are. God damn it. That's racist. Because they have little masks on, you son of a bitch. It's profiling. It's not racist. Whatever. Same difference. <laughs> it's profiling, motherfucker. Whatever. Because they already have the robber mask on. True. <laughs> Which automatically makes them guilty. Here's one for you. Shackle somebody to the floor, okay, so they're sitting up, and then drop a safe on their legs. Ouch. That'd be fucking rad. How? Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> not oh. necessarily in favor of the, the, of the death penalty. I am all about torture, though. Yeah, well. Unless you're in jail for, like, selling weed, which is fucking stupid anyway. Get those people out of there, just, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, You know. Let's keep the violent offenders there and people that are going to reoffend like, fucking child sex predators that they keep fucking releasing here for some reason. Like, well, he's he's a high risk to reoffend, but we got to let him go. You know? No, you don't. No, you don't. Drown him in the fucking lake. If he's that high a risk to reoffend, kill him. Obviously, it wasn't your kids that he was preying on, so you don't care. But if he's high risk to reoffend and hurt another child, kill it. <laughs> kill it now. Shoot her. No, don't even. Just fucking feet first, wood chipper. Die, motherfucker. Die. <laughs> well. Mm. Sorry. I, I have a low tolerance for pedophiles. <laughs> anyway. And anybody that claims that that's a sexual preference... And not a crime can go in the fucking chipper afterwards. <laughs> Fuck him. Send him uh, through boat motors. I don't care. Uh, like manatees. Yes. Chop them fuckers up. Yes. We got you. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> got a little fired up there. Did you get that out of your system, buddy? Not completely, but I can see that you don't want me to keep going. <laughs> I don't. It's okay. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I just want to make sure you got it out of your system. Yeah. People that hurt animals and people that hurt kids can just, th- th- those are the like scum of the earth. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can agree. Yeah. I can concur. Michael Vick should have had his fucking ankles broken like misery style. 
I mean, well, you know what? Work it up to the knees. You can recover from broken ankles. And he admitted that what he did was wrong. Yeah, but you still killed dogs, so for no reason. Well, he didn't. I mean, he had them fighting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's just as bad. Yeah. 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 Break his but, knees with a fucking cinder block. But then again, I mean. And then again, he got to play in the NFL afterwards. But the, the same because token, they're not normal people, like we same, said before. The same token, though. People have been doing that for centuries. Yeah, and they should have been killed back then for it, too. Well, but as they say, different strokes for different folks. Are also, you defending dogfighting? No, no. <laughs> I'm not. Like, but wait I, a minute here. What the hell I'm is just going saying, on? you know, there's different times, different things. I mean, well, you that's know. that's fine. But, like, modern times when you know better, you shouldn't be doing that shit. Especially when you have more fucking money than you know what to do with. It's like bullfighting. Yeah, that's retarded, too. It's stupid, but they still do it. I know. You know, because it's tradition. It's one thing if you want to go out there and do, like, what they've changed to now, where you don't have a fucking sword and you're not, like, jamming shit at it. You're just, like, fighting it with the goddamn flag thing until it gets tired and then you run away. That's cool. That's ballsy because you're out there with an angry fucking animal and you literally board it to the point that it's like, eh, whatever. And just stop. Spain, they still kill them. Yeah, well, again, Spain's not relevant. Well, but it's tradition, though. You know, it's something that's it's been passed down for cool. centuries. Great. Longer than we've been a fucking country. Still. So who are we to tell someone else, you know, what's okay, what's not? You know, just saying. True, but... Anybody with a fucking decent moral compass would go, maybe hurting animals intentionally isn't yeah, great. I know. I understand. You know? I understand. But at the same time, you know, it'd be like going back and telling the Romans, you know, hey, listen, fellas, well, ladies. Rome doesn't exist anymore, so it doesn't I, matter. It does. It's called Italy. <laughs> they just changed their name. <laughs> oh, they're fucking endless soup, salad, and bread bar. Way to go, Rome. Hey. And they well, don't even fucking do that anymore. They don't. Olive Garden, you bunch of punks. <laughs> well, anyway. I boycotted Olive Garden because I don't get fucking free soup anymore. Yes. And their sausage and potato soup was so good. Now you got to buy more than one bowl of it. Fuck that. Oh. That ain't worth it. I haven't been there in a while. <sighs> but anyway. You can get better Italian food elsewhere. You can get better Italian food at my mom's house. Hey, as a matter of fact. Yes, so. because you're, you're half uh, Italiano. So... Um, yeah, that said, if you're looking for a pair of headphones, earbuds, or Bluetooth speaker, look no further than studio.com. Go check them out. They have it all. And when you find what you like, put it in your basket, go to checkout, put the promo code of darkwindows 15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Also, you can go over to ageofradio.org. You can find every episode of this show that we have ever recorded up there. And you can find your next favorite podcast that's not this show. You know what, Kevin? You're goddamn right you can. I know. There's something for everybody. There's true crime. There is uh, history. There is shit like us where it's just a grab bag of whatever. Yeah. You know, there's comic books. There's beer nerd stuff. There's motivation. If you want to be motivated, who the fuck wants to be motivated? I don't. But hey, some people But they do. got that shit. They've got that too, you know? If you want it, they got it. Exactly. We got it. And you can listen to it on the Age of Radio page, or you can download us on 
every you single us, major platform. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including your local groceries freezer. It's great. Well, I've heard that they're actually not selling them in the grocery We're right freezer. next to the, we're We're between Gorton's and uh, the Van de Camp Fish Sticks. Are we're we? right in the middle. Like, the shelf below Stouffer's, because we're not that good. Oh. Because, like, Stouffer's lasagna... Uh, so we're not, for fucking uh, for microwave lasagna, pretty goddamn good. So the mac to, and cheese is good too. So you try to say that's where like you know that's where Justin is. No, he's up close to like Salisbury steaks and shit. That's like chicken finger level, you know. Ooh. Actually, no, not even chicken fingers. That's like up with like those uh oh. those like uh, frozen fucking uh, chicken cordon bleu things, in the Salisbury steaks. It's on that same shelf. Ooh. And like a little bit further down that shelf are the Uh-huh. which are fucking. Some would say though, lights that lights out. Some would some would venture to say that you're wrong because they would say Salisbury steak and Salisbury, all that stuff is like actually down lower than where we are. Well, I can tell you right now, they're wrong. They are. Salisbury steak is amazing. It is. I never. Knew I know it's not it, real meat, but I don't care. I never it's knew got how gravy amazing it and was. mushrooms. It's so good. Not all of them do. <sighs> the good ones do. Yes. They all have gravy. Gravy. It's not Salisbury steak without gravy. It's just of fucking. Course. It's a hockey puck of frozen mystery meat without the gravy. <laughs> yes, that was actually cooked and then frozen. Yeah, and then recooked. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what the fuck it's even made out of? It's the gravy that <laughs> hey, makes it good. We don't want to know. The gravy has the meat flavor because I'm pretty sure the rest of it is just shredded cardboard. Shut up! I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> you you know Arby's? The meat comes liquid and they have to they cook it in a bag and it solidifies. I'm going to kill you. I swear to God. I still eat it. I don't give a fuck, dude. I fucking hate you. Oh, Stop you drown that. it in horsey sauce and just eat away, buddy. Uh, it's so good. It's not actually true. It is. It is not. So You anyway. can deny it, but it is. Shut your mouth. But with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. It puts the lotion on the skin. Or else it gets beaten and sexually assaulted again. And I don't put, like how that ended. No, that was gross, dude. And put in a hole. Yeah, no. I'm gonna go take a shower. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 